is proud to sponsor the event workers of Call Time for Events. Big Bear manages over 350 properties in the Greeley and Fort Collins area. Specializing in college and high-end residential living, Big Bear understands the importance of having a place to crash after working a long event. Located on 17th Street in Greeley and at www.bigbearpropertiesllc.com on the web, Give them a call or connect online to get any of your Northern Colorado rental questions answered. Hey, new sponsor. Indeed. Welcome to episode number nine, number nine, number nine. Um, Hey, well, let's just jump right into it, you guys. We have an amazing interview for all of you later. We... Um, we got to speak to somebody who literally worked in the Olympics, the Olympics, the very well-known <laughs> postponed Olympics this Small year. Small event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Don't know if you guys you heard know, about it. Like, like, the, the, like, like the world Olympics, not like, <laughs> not like the beer Olympics down in old Chicago. <laughs> it's the actual, the actual Olympics, Olympics. Yeah, in Tokyo. Super cool. Yeah. That was a fun interview. We had to. Part of what we had to do was time it because what is the time difference? Like 15 hours. 15 hour difference. Yeah. So when we did the interview, it was like 11 o'clock in the morning the next day for for her, which was funky. Like mm-hmm. real life time travel happening. It was great. Yeah. No, I can't wait for you guys to hear what Jennifer has to say and hear her story um, and all things Olympics. So we won't yeah. take. We won't take too much of that thunder, but listen to the interview. Everybody uh, loves the Olympics. Yes. Y'all have a favorite moment of the Olympics watching in your lifetime? I haven't done too much Olympics watching in my lifetime since it is only every four years. However, um, and also my family's not super sporty to begin with. We're just not, we're not that type of people. You know, some people just get so into it and they follow it a sport or multiple sports religiously. And we are just not those folks, but I really enjoyed the, um, what do they call them? The fab five gymnasts, um, from a couple Olympics ago. Yep. Those girls were amazing. And especially Simone Biles, always, always an incredible athlete, human, all of it. So that would I be agree. I'm old enough to, to announce here on the podcast that I watched the USA beat Russia in hockey. In real time, that I, I watched that live. I mean, did That's you watch historical. it live or did you watch it on tape to you like everybody else? You know what? You, you <laughs> shut up because I watched it live. No, I, it was taped. What, it was taped delay. Was that in Russia? <laughs> no, it was in Lake Placid. They just did it on tape delay. <laughs> but I know. No, I watched that game when I was allowed to watch it on NBC. Yeah. And it was, and I still didn't understand hockey, but I understood that we had to beat Russia and we did. And then later on, they made a whole movie out of it. So I'm cool. That's a good one. I I vaguely remember about that happening, but I was like two. So shut up. um, (laughs) But I obviously like talk about you being. 
not existent. I'm well aware of the miracle on ice, but I will tell you like what I remember, like I I will tell you my mom and I especially are huge Olympic junkies. We talk every year, winter games, summer games, whatever. I'm going to rattle a bunch of things off. I'm not going to get into them. First of all, I, the 84 summer games in Los Angeles. Those were amazing. Mary Lou Retton, all that stuff. Mary Lou Retton. Mary Lou, the, great. The vault with stuff. the broken ankle. Yeah, No, that was not Mary Lou Retton. That was yeah, Carrie Strug. No, it was Carrie Strug in 96. Mary Lou Retton I'm- was in 1984. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie Strug was the one who tore the, the ligaments in her foot in 96. No. Yes. It was crazy. I know about that. I know about that. And then she continued to do like the vault and she landed and then like then she got her ankle wrapped and yes. And and they won the gold. It was 96. That was Carrie Strug. I was sitting on my dad's couch visiting him here in Denver that summer with my dad, my brother, and my sister. And when that happened, we all jumped up and cheered. Um, that was shortly uh I was around the time of that Atlantic Olympic bomb. Yes, you're right. Google check you yeah, don't guys. Like, we've established <laughs> Colin has an incredible memory. Never doubt Colin's memory. Yeah, he's no. where it was very right. I would like, go to court with that one. So I, I remember, I remember figuring out about speed skating and like Bonnie Blair, oh, and like Eric Hyden, and all that stuff. Also for the Winter Games, like '84, '88, yeah. all that fun stuff. And then when they in '92 and '94 when they staggered the games, so they had we had we had two different. You know, we had two winter games in two years. We had the Lillehammer games and then the ones in, um, uh, why did I just draw a blank? It's the ones in France. There was ones in France and Norway, two years apart, 92, 94. That was, was fun. Oslo, there was the, the, right? the uh, you know, like Lillehammer, Norway was where it was outside of Oslo. And then there was the, the other one was in France. And why do I, I always forget the one, the name of the town in France until I hear it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm an idiot. I say it was Paris. Just kidding. Let's find out. It was out. not Paris. Um, <laughs> But then uh, the dream team, the dream team coming back in, in, basketball. Um, in yep. basketball, that was amazing. You're never, I mean, USA should dominate basketball because we do have the best players, but it's really fun to watch the rest of the, the world catch up and mm-hmm. push them. And um, I, it's just, I love watching the Olympic basketball because it's such a different type of the game, but it's so much fun. I love the swimming. I uh, remember when Greg, Greg Luganis hit his head on the diving board. Um, the I like watching, like I like getting up during the summer games and getting up early and watching like the rowing competitions. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I just find it relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's big nerd. Like I'm a big nerd when it comes to the Olympics. Um, oh, I love, and I and, have fantasies about my, best last shot to be in the Olympics, like <laughs> curling. I could curl. No, it's oh, hard that looks. I could curl Curling's- or I could maybe archery. Uh, you have to have started that already. I don't have to win. I just, just want to be an Olympic. You just want to be an Olympian. <laughs> like, I'm okay with being the absolute last one on the leaderboard, but at least I was there. <laughs> it's, uh, it's almost like you got to look at, okay, what sports do the Americans struggle in and how can I get into that sport and curling. be an Olympian? <laughs> the Americans are great at curling. They're not as good as like the Canadians or the Swedes, but the Americans hold their own. They recently I could, won. I could at least do it. <laughs> yes, you could, but you may not make the Olympic team because well, I could ski jump like once I would die. <laughs> but you wouldn't make the Olympic team. So think about what you could realistically do to make the Olympics because that would be cool. Because the other thing that I really like about the Olympics, not so much the closing ceremonies, the closing ceremonies are a downer, but the opening ceremonies are always a blast. Awesome. And, and I, I think the the, the best yep. two that I've seen are the ones in Beijing and the ones in London. Um, uh, see, and I'll I'll hold out for Atlanta. Atlanta nailed it. With Muhammad Ali, yes, that was great too. I was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I just think the overall pageantry 
of the way that they display like where they where they they bring the culture of that area even though um i know a lot of it is is somewhat watered down and commercialized version of the cultures of that of that city or that country but it's really cool to see how they try to bring it to the world and you know and quite frankly it's a g-rated kind of presentation gpg kind of presentation and everybody's just happy and you right. can see like you kind of you can kind of see what humanity is capable of in that moment because oh, everybody's it. coming in like you see all the different countries mingling you see you see the irans and the north uh, yep. koreas and you know the iraqs and and of the world mm-hmm. coming in and mingling with the us and the uk and everything I and this, i it, love it it's 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 great. My I also another thing too about the London games that was great was that um, this is where it ties into events too is that um, uh, on the concert side of things is that a lot of British musicians made songs just for the Olympics and one of them was the Chemical Brothers and they had a song called Velodrome for the Velodrome for the indoor bicycle yeah. uh, stadium. And, and if you are song. if you are a fan of Gloria Stefan, she wrote her song Reach. For the oh, Olympics, that's performed right. it in Atlanta, and that just that song to this day gives me chills. Yeah, <gasps> I just I, the Olympics, the Olympic theme, like all the, the Olympic music is great. I you know I don't like it when they waste time doing a lot of interviews. Um, you know where it's like okay, we don't need to have fourteen interviews back to back to back to back to back of medal winners. Let's see the sports. Let's see all that stuff, and then interview when they come back home. Yeah, although I do love the in depth looks, like the stories that they play about the athletes, like. Mm-hmm. back home i think those oh, yeah. are and i don't think they do those as much anymore like they used to have cutaway like mini documentaries all throughout the olympics nice sure. to kind of dig those but even this last olympic game that we just had the swimmer from alaska yeah and she's like alaska's she, first swimming gold she got silver but yeah she got no she beat she got gold in one was I, it gold it was either gold or silver i know that good <laughs> and now i get to be right on one thing uh, <laughs> but that was cool to watch and I, I i just love the fact that too like every four years whether it's the summer or the winter games that we're she watching got gold. Sorry. she got gold okay i cool. never i never write with colin i finally got one <laughs> i thought she had silver my bad um but so the i just like how everybody is like the best like when you're watching like gymnastics once every four years, everybody becomes an expert. They're like, Oh my God, that's two tenths of a point. Or when you're watching diving, they're like, Oh, that's too big of a splash. Or yeah. everybody becomes like that expert. And you're like, it's, it's <laughs> as if like, you could even pull off one hundredth of a percentage as, as well of their performance. <laughs> There's no right. way you could ever. Do that. Have you ever watched water polo? My big question, like how do they not die? Because how do water polo players not drown? Because they're professionals. Ex- it's extreme. It's extreme treading water. Like they, they, you have to learn how to like cycle your legs round, like a, and, and push up, and you don't touch the bottom of the pool. And I heard um, that if you're in shallow water, you're not allowed to touch the bottom of the pool. I would so be standing up. Yeah. <laughs> Taking a break. Yeah. Well, so that's not my best shot at getting in water polo. Not well, in or one wonderful thing about um, this interview and just talking about the Olympics and how we're all so clearly excited about it, it really truly is an incredible event. And in our interview, we um, talked to Jennifer and this was even more special for her. Not that it was just um, this worldwide incredible event, but it was her very first event. 
Her first event. Ever. Her first event ever, ever worked. How crazy is that? What? That is just even more intense. I mean, we've talked about our first events, right? Like Colin did an air show. Mm-hmm. An air show. Like, I don't even remember the name of the air show. And I think <laughs> I did like, I may be ushered for the opera and center. I don't know. Yeah. And I think I worked like a, like a bike marathon, like a biking. Um, and she, I mean, she literally woke up one day and said, I'm going to work the Olympics and did. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, she inspired me to want to sign up to work in LA because they're coming to LA in 2028. Yeah. Yep. Seven years. I'm going yeah. do it. So, so we thought it would be cool for the listeners to talk about like some miscellaneous firsts that we experienced. And everyone always likes not necessarily most epic first, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got some first. Yeah, let's chat about those. Okay, let's start with first. I don't know. First engage. Oh, we've talked about this. So we have had to to engage with the talent on occasion. And that's kind of when you know you're getting in the nitty gritty of event work when you've been doing it for a while, when they finally put you in a position to engage with talent. Do y'all remember the first time you engaged with a celebrity or with talent working in an event? I do. I do too. Yeah. I'll go first. Well, um, are you just going to leave us hanging? <laughs> My first uh, celebrity or well-known person that I actually got to speak with um, was Tim McGraw. He came to Ballerina here in... Uh, Colorado with his wife, Faith Hill, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't listen to country, that, but I um, thought, yeah. oh no, that's Nicole Kidman. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> that's Keith. You're thinking Keith Urban. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, you know, so I got to talk to Tim McGraw backstage. I guess he was hanging out. Faith, I think, was um, back at the hotel, like hanging out with their um, their children. And I think she was a little late. She was a little tardy to uh, <laughs> to the concert. And so he was just kind of hanging out backstage. And so we um, had a quick, quick, quick chat. Just, you know, how's your day going? Are you having a good time? Okay, great. See you later. You know, but th- I thought that was so cool because that was really um, my first time engaging with a well-known person in this industry. So that was pretty That's cool. super cool. I mean, I could probably write a book about the different times that, I've had interactions with Tim. I love Tim McGraw as a person. I'm not a big country fan at all. Everybody knows this, but just working with Tim, several concerts over the years and anybody that's worked with Tim probably shaking their head. Yes. Right now, because he's one of the nicest, most humble, most interactive, fun people to work with. Um, So I'm really pleased to hear that you got to have also a positive experience with him. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Because I I have uh, never met Tim McGraw. Well, you should. You He's should. Great. Yeah. He, cause you know, it's unspoken. You don't, you don't engage with the talent unless you have to for, you know, purposes, but he actually came up to me and asked me how my day was going. So like, that's cool. Love cause that. I'm not about to go up and be like, Oh, hi, how's your day going? You know, he is, you know, that you're Tim McGraw. Yeah. yeah. He engaged the conversation with me. So it was really cool. I love yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah. I actually, I have a picture I should have us post on our, on our social media from that same show really? when the, cause it was a two day event. It was a two day show. And he had a part in the show where um, he went to the East atrium, ran up the East atrium stairs, 
across the one and a half level at the ball arena and then down the 102, 148 down aisle. And four of us had to go with him. And one of my friends that was attending the show took a picture of uh, us coming down the stairs in my big oh, cool. head and schnoz was right Action next shot. to Tim's as we're, yeah, it's a pretty cool one from that same weekend. That's awesome. Like, but that's here's not a picture. No, not my first. Um, my my first um, celebrity, like I mean, I kind of had a brief like hi, hello, how are you exchange with um, with a few of the governors of various states in the United States in my second event at the Summit of the Eight, but that wasn't very fun. But about a week later, I worked my first concert at Fielder's Green, and it was an all-day festival called the KTCL Big Adventure. And I think they're reviving the name Big Adventure now because it's like um, they're going to have another one this year too. But um, is my first day working a concert, first day backstage. Um, I show up, and uh, the supervisor there, Kyle, put me uh, in this checkpoint between the radio party backstage and then the the kind of like the last checkpoint before you get into the dress rooms area. And it's just by this little trailer and this little courtyard. And it's all been remodeled since it doesn't look anything like that. And I was there all day and they had a few of the the bands come out and say hello. And, you know, it was a, a few bands walked by me like Nerf Herder. I don't know if you know who they are. Um, uh, Jane Jensen, a couple of the, the lesser known acts from the show. But then as the day went on, almost simultaneously, I, uh, a couple of the guys from the band, Real Big Fish, came up to me we do uh, know how much you like real big fish. and i i freaking love real big fish and so I, it was it was dan uh one of the former trombone players and it was tavis um another one of the former horn players with the band uh came by uh, as well as aaron barrett who's still with the band and the lead sing- and the lead singer and guitar player came by and they just chatted small talk stuff and they kept talking about how excited they were for coolio because coolio was on the bill and wouldn't you know it coolio then walks up and um He's like, man, I just got here and it's hard to breathe. And he started asking me questions about elevation. And I just thought it was cool because he's wearing a University of Colorado jersey. And and I was just kind of like freaking out because I had been told by everybody that I'd seen that day, uh, you know, everybody was like, don't talk to the celebrities. And I was like, okay. And then nobody really told me, but if they start talking to you, it's okay. So I was like, I felt like I was maybe being kind of cold and off-putted because like I was just like giving like, yep, it's a mile. You know, just like, (laughs) it's really like, horrible answers these really ho- and so looking back on it and i was like you know it's still polite but i was like so yeah. petrified and so scared to interact with friggin coolio and with real big fish and i was like this is pretty sweet this is pretty rad um that is awesome that, that was also uh we'll talk about one of our other sponsors um uh, but that was also a day that i'll never forget because um mike from mike's team sports cars was working that show and he had a pretty horrible injury that day Um, well it's that's gonna be that's that's just a day i can almost tell you every minute of every hour of that day how i what what it was like when i got there throughout the day when i was moved into the dress screen like i can tell you everything so oh my gosh well tell us about your first Kristen. um okay well i had i i I think i like met a few but not working so the very first my first uh big interaction was when I worked at Disney mm-hmm. um, and they had the park that I worked in. So if, if, if you're at all familiar with Walt Disney world, um, it's a big, big, huge piece of property, the size of, of about Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And there are different theme parks inside underneath the Disney umbrella. Right. Um, and one of them, when I worked there was called 
the Disney MGM Studios. MGM has since pulled out of that partnership and it's now just called the Hollywood Studios. So it's it's an like a 1930s, 40s Hollywood themed park. So it's very cool, right? And they had this thing called the Star of the Day Parade. And um, my job was to be uh, an escort for the Star of the Day. And so that was my first significant interaction. Now, I had had other interactions with celebrities working at Disney events. Like I'd performed um, for George Lucas, which was really super cool. And all he did was acknowledge me with his eyes. And that was enough to like send me spinning into the stratosphere. Right. Um, but this was my first significant interaction. And um, I got to be the the parade escort for Donald O'Connor. And I know that a lot of people don't know who that is, but if you've ever seen the movie singing in the rain, um, that's with, with Gene Kelly and princess Leia's mom. What is her name? Um, I'm I'm so embarrassed that I don't remember, but Donald O'Connor was the other guy in that movie. He was the funny one and actually the really good dancer and everybody loved him. And if you see, if you see him singing in the rain, you know who this is. And so he was the star of the day and I had to walk right beside him. Like they put him in a convertible and sat him on the back. So he was sitting, do you know what I mean? Like his feet were on the seat of the back seat of the convertible and he was sitting on the back and I had to keep my hand on the car and walk next to the car down the street as they announced him and as they did the big parade. And my, my sole job was to keep people away from the car. Mm-hmm. And this woman stands up and she goes, Donald, you're the icing on my cake and yells at and he grabs my wrist and says, what does that mean? I said, <laughs> I, I don't know. I made, I made a really funny face. I was like, I don't know what that means. He said, well, it's a good thing we're in a moving car. So we didn't have to stop and talk to anybody, but he was incredibly lovely. Um, asked what I did when I wasn't walking him down the streets and like really cared. And he was real old when I worked with him um, in the nineties um, and it has since passed away. But all I can say is watch singing in the rain. He's the funny one. You'll understand who I'm talking about. Um, classic movie star. He was awesome. Cool. That was my first, that was my first significant one. And then I've had, you know, a bunch of others, because if you're in this, if, if you're in this industry long enough, you will physically run into someone like yeah, bump into them because that's just, we're all sharing the same space. And you know, those will all be funny stories, but that was my first time and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, 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 more than like that, like, I mean, cause you know, the celebrity stuff, is almost more memorable for the people that aren't working the events with us. And they're like, Oh my God, who have you met? And you're like, well, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. But really there was this fight that happened or there was this yeah. overdose that right. occurred, or there was like, just be like, like all the, you know, like all that events, the event stuff that gets us excited, you know, in addition, it's like, right. you know, celebrity, whatever it's talent. But um, <laughs> like, I remember the first time I saw a big, 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 big fight. And it was, also my first summer and summer working and we had to work this this uh concert with a lot of like norteno bands uh uh norteno music um at the national western center event center and it was pretty okay day it was 
different. It was something that I had never seen or, or worked before, you know, so I was just kind of like taking it in and learning, um, you know, what kind of event this was and whatnot. And like towards the end of the event, they told me to walk around the concourse, just to make sure all the exit doors were closed. And I was like, okay, cool. I can do that. And then I'm making a couple laps. And all of a sudden on one of these laps, I started to hear all these different various whistles. And I knew that like, when you start to hear these various whistles like that, that could be potentially like people getting each other's attention to like fight. It sounded like, like, like some types of street gangs and things like that have different types of whistles to communicate. It's and, very West side story. Very yes. West side story. But then next thing I know, uh, my, my, my friend Larry is like running from across, like running across the, 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 the barricade, the moat from the floor, from the stage. And he saw this fight occurring and he saw me in the kind of in the middle of it but i couldn't see it because there was people around this corner and whatever and so he comes running and i look and i and i i hear some people start to talk and i was like oh something really bad is about to happen and larry comes sprinting up the stairs and see a couple other people come out you know starting to, to have some commotion and the next thing i know this huge fight breaks out and and larry's like just get out of the way and just you know if anybody's hurt let's get them to the whatever to the to the medics and um I'll, I'll never forget like how fast he and others responded and how I wanted to like, make sure that from that point on, like I'd have my spidey senses up a lot more mm-hmm. when those incidents like that would happen and everything else. So I learned a lot and whew, he saved my butt. Cause if he wouldn't have, if he, if I wouldn't have seen him running, I wouldn't have been, you know, keen to the fact that something really, really bad was about to happen. And it was this huge fight coming to find out later. It was a couple of different families that had people that were, you know, some people were rival gang members, others, they had like these different beefs for businesses. Like it was like this huge story that ruined down. And probably if we had report writers at that time, Heather, we'd still be writing reports. Oh like, we would, for that incident. <laughs> it was huge. Um, thankfully nobody got significantly hurt. None of the staff got hurt, hurt at all. Um, but I'll just, I'll never forget that. And then that was just one of those moments where I was like, yep, I'm going to do this forever. Cause <laughs> you know, the adrenaline that you get with that, no, and just being able to help people afterwards is great. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's fun to meet celebrities, but we're in it for the crowd. We're in it for the guest experience. And mm-hmm. I remember my first big, um, I, I remember my first mosh pit because the rule is don't get involved. You let that just happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing it and I was like, but what if somebody gets hurt? And I, it might actually have been you, Colin, but whoever I was working with said, oh, someone will get hurt. <laughs> it was like, like, don't we want to stop that? Oh, no, 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 no. And yeah, then, yeah. and so now I don't, and so now you can always tell the new guy because they try to run into the monster to stop yeah. it. You're like, nope, just let it happen. This is what yeah, they do. <laughs> They'll take care of it. And, you know, even the, a lot of the times bands that are on stage will call it out and say like, Hey, help that person up or Hey, stop fighting. Like the bands will call people out too. And what was weird about, I think the reason I remember my first mosh pit is that it was at the Ogden Mm -hmm. and the Ogden for everyone who has no idea is an incredibly small venue. Mm -hmm. And so mosh pits are already going to get people angry, you know, because the people who don't want to usually in the bigger spaces, people who don't want to get involved, they just back up and the, the audience also lets them happen. They don't, you know, mosh pits are not they're They're, they're a force of nature unto themselves, but in the Ogden, if, if you're on the floor and there's a mosh pit going on, you're involved period. Thank you for playing. I mean, everybody's involved and, and it was crazy. It didn't, it also, I think the thing that surprised me the most about it is that it didn't last very long. 
Yeah. Maybe 30 seconds. Maybe. Some are, yeah. yeah. Some go all night. Some are quick and people are like, you know what? That wasn't as fun as we thought it was. We're just going to stop. Yeah. And I think they, they said that about the Ogden because it's a tiny venue. Yeah. yeah. It, that's an interesting way. Like when you observe mosh pits in like, and especially how mosh pits form and how they play out uh, in different genres and stuff. That's an interesting way. If you really think about it, like if you step back and kind of look at it, like, it's an interesting way that the crowd moves because like people who want to be in it, they move forward. People who don't want to be it move away. And it's an interesting dynamic to like see how mosh pits like can change a crowd, you know? So, Agree. Yeah. yeah. It was funky. It was weird. Yeah. But yeah. Um, those are cool. I think we could do like 10 episodes just on firsts. Like <laughs> first, your first sure. ejection, well, your first confiscation of something important. I mean, it's I mean, crazy. The, the stuff that still that still gives me like the anxiety is the firsts of things that we do every day now. Like the first time I was on radio and the first time I'd actually had to use it. Oh the my first gosh. Time, the first time I had to yell at a, at a line or a crowd and, and do some right. crowd control barking. The first time I had to lead a team or do a briefing, like all that stuff. I'm just like, oh my God, how did I get through that alive? And yeah. now it's it's second nature, yeah. but like whenever I, you know, I always remember that whenever I'm handing somebody a radio for the first time, or if I see somebody that's, that's coming to an event, doesn't have to be working any kind of event staff for security. Right. They could be doing concessions. They could be doing anything for the first time. Shoot. Even the people that are playing a sport for the first time, you know, in that, at that level or whatever, I'm like, I, I can, I can identify with you at some level of the amount of nerves that you're going to experience today. Bill Till saying somebody's new is when they say, can I have a walkie talkie? <laughs> walkie -talkie. <laughs> it's true. Or, or if they, if you say what's your 20 and they're like 20, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Again, we could do episode after episode on first. I, I would love to hear everybody who's listening's first, like big, exciting thing they remember from an event. Maybe we'll have to push that on social media. That'd be fun. Yeah. Let us know, guys. Let us know, listeners. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the interview you're about to hear. So we talked to Jennifer. Um, she lives in Japan. She's from Oklahoma. But her education and her life and her path took her all the way to Japan. And she's been there for her whole, pretty much her whole adult life. I mean, she that's where she met um, and married her husband. And they now have their kids out there. and. She just woke up one day and said, I think I'm going to volunteer at the Olympics. Has no event experience, said, said as much on her application. And then, boom, she worked the Olympics. Yes. The, her first event. <laughs> well, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's turn it over to Jennifer and have, uh, let's hear what you guys think about it after the episode and put it, some notes on our social media. And Absolutely. We want to hear from you guys and enjoy Jennifer and her Olympic experience. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Call Time for Events. And we have a very, very, very exciting uh, interview with us this week. We have Jennifer all the way live from Tokyo, Japan. Yay! And as of this recording, Woo! is working at the Olympics, the Summer <laughs> Games 2020, happening in 2021. So, yep. Welcome, Jennifer. I almost had correct. I thought, really? Did you not know it's 2021? But <laughs> I saw where you were going there. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome. 
Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh, we're thrilled to have you. Um, I'll jump right in and just say you're in Tokyo. How, what? How'd that happen? <laughs> um, well, it's been kind of a long road to get here. Um, part of that's because of the pandemic and the postponement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I started this journey back in 2018 when I heard that they needed volunteers and it just all kind of came together in my brain because my son lives here. I don't live in Tokyo. I live in the Southwestern area of Japan called Yamaguchi. Mm -hmm. And it's about an hour and a half flight. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's a little bit of a journey uh, to get here. Um, but I could do the training in a nearby city. The end of 2018, I put in my uh, application. And then I think I heard in early 2019 that I was accepted and I could attend uh, some preliminary training. That was maybe January of 2019 and uh, you know, pre-pandemic and all of that. And then in July of 2019, uh, I attended the first, like, I guess, official training when I found out that I was accepted. And that was still in a city other than Tokyo, a nearby city. And so they tried to make it, I think, easy for the volunteers by staging some preliminary trainings in various cities. And at that time, we had quite a few international, you know, people were flying in from other countries. There were quite a few international volunteers as well. So I think they were coming in on their own dime. Um, You know, there was just this kind of uh, electricity and excitement about the games and uh, lots of volunteers. And that I guess was a little surprising to me that people would, you know, pay a lot of money to fly in, you know, just for the training. And no, then, I think I would, if I could do it, I would do it. I'm down. Yeah. It's like the Olympics, baby. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was a little bit like Colin in that it was a bucket list, uh, you know, event for me. I just wanted to be involved with it somehow. And since my son lives in Tokyo, I thought, well, at least I'll be able to stay with him and, you know, not have to, um, you know, rent an apartment or, you know, stay in a hotel. So that's how I started. So I am really fascinated. You applied two years before the Olympics. Um, which, which turned out to be three years before because of yeah. the cancellation. Right. Yeah. I would say like more like two and a half, maybe. And yeah. did you get to, <laughs> I, and I, I kind of want to back up even more here in just a second and talk about how you came to be in Japan at all, because you're from okay. where? I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ooh. Well, you know, yes. that's not, okay. Well, okay. So we'll talk about that in a second, but yeah. okay. start <clears throat> two years before, did you get to, like, I have so many questions. This is so exciting. Um, did you get to choose your role or did they ask you, did they say, what do you have experience in? This is where we need, 
<laughs> right, right. Yeah. How'd you get to do that? That's so cool. Yeah. The application was online and there was mm-hmm. plenty of area for us to put in credentials and areas of expertise and like prior volunteer experience, which I didn't have any. This was absolutely my first. So I, when I was applying, I was Wait, a bit time worried. out, time out. Okay. You have ahead. zero event experience and your yeah. first event out the gate is the Olympics? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So during the, you know, filling out the online application, that really worried me. I thought, you know, what skills do I have? And really the only relevant experience that I could offer was my native English ability. And I knew that that would carry a little bit of weight because uh, in Japan, you know, I, I knew that that would be something that I could offer anyway. So, uh, of course, I put that, you know, native English speaker. And I tried to convey, you know, my my heart and emotion. This is why, you know, I really want to be a part of the Olympics. And I think it was, it's really hard to remember now, but it was some time before I got any feedback. And I didn't quite know for sure if it was official that I was as selected, I think six months or more than six months after the initial application. But yeah, we could list three choices that of areas in the Olympics that we wanted okay. to be a part of. Uh, I think there were nine total areas. And um, I selected ceremonies, Mm-hmm. as my first because I really wanted to be involved with like the opening ceremony or absolutely you know yeah uh. and uh next was event services I think uh which entails various things which I don't mm-hmm. recall at the moment and then the last one was media services okay. and when I got my job which was I think a year ago in February, I was finally given what my job would be. It was in media services, uh, press operations, and hmm. my title was photo team member. Nice. And so I, I had no... incredibly important. Well, I, <laughs> it sounded good. I just had yeah. no, you know, I had no idea what that actually meant at the time. Ugh. But so are you, are you volunteering? So you listed and Colin, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll stop You're talking fine. all Go the ahead. time. I'm just You're so good. excited. So you listed native English speaker, which you figured they would love. So right. if that's the case, is it, is it people from all over the world? Are you working with people? I, I imagine you're not the only, are you the, are you one of the only Americans over there working or are there people from France and Germany? Like, Right. In my head, it's like this beautiful, it's a small world attraction. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as the volunteers go, I, I'm i the own in my area, mm-hmm. uh, in my venue. I'm going to guess I'm the only American. But I believe that there are a few uh, people from other countries. I just haven't come across them yet. Now, that's mm-hmm. just the volunteers. Now, there are paid there are people that are here working paid. 
Okay. They were hired because they have specific skills. So my boss is from England oh. and he's done Olympic events. I think he said this is his second one, but he's done other events other than the Olympics. So he's kind of okay. a professional. Mm-hmm. Nice. nice. So what exactly, what, what exactly is your job? What are your, what are you responsible for? Okay. Um, the photographers, the pool photographers and the official photographers that are here, uh, taking pictures of the event. Uh, there are nine of us on our team and we are stationed around the venue And there are certain points that the photographers are supposed to be during the event. And we just, uh, we stand and guide them to the particular area. And when they need to move, we make sure that they move in a proper, what do you say? Not line, but uh, for example, they can't cross the uh field of play i gotcha okay yeah you're kind of like the photographer handler you're like an yes. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like the guide yeah and, and so this could be I, like like world press like nbc abc or it could oh, just okay. be local like when you say photographer what does that mean okay um the the International Broadcasting Group, like you mentioned, NBC, that's separate. They have their own handlers and official areas and so forth. These are, I would say, uh, photographers from various media outlets that uh, have been sent here to cover particular athletes. So we've got, you know, the Spanish media and we've got sure. the Brazilian media and the French media. Um, so those photographers, they're wearing, uh, if you're watching the Olympics and you see them wearing blue or mm-hmm. uh, khaki vests, right? Th- those are the people that we are working with. Nice. So not the, in, not the, not the big broadcasters. Just the still photographers and whatnot. Right. That's, That's right. How much of an impact have you seen social media have on these games? One, because there's no spectators. And two, yes. because social media is such a huge part of our world now. Are there representatives that are like, oh, I'm the Snapchat or Facebook or Instagram right, photographer right. for this outlet? Have you seen a lot of that? Yeah. Well, um, those... As far as I know, those people don't have official vests, and but they're oh. allowed to be there. Um, but they have a little bit, I guess, lower priority or access. So interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not really involved with those people. We were told just to stick with the people wearing the blue or the khaki nice. vests. Nice. Yeah, okay. they have. Uh, we have a. Uh, Sorry, we have a an area like a a building that is called the the venue media center. Sure, and it's all geared up for the press. So after they take the their pictures, they go back there, and I see them, uh, you know, typing up their uh, 
stories and sending their pictures out. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I'll bet that media center is huge. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> it is big and it's nice. They've got it, you know, it's air conditioned. They've got snacks. and. So what would you yeah, say is yeah. like, um, <clears throat> so I, I understand like your role, um, but like what would be some of like the, the what we call it like, battle scars like what would give you street cred like do you have to run interference between the press and what few spectators there may be or are there zero spectators because i i keep hearing that there's a few like sometimes they allow some family in do you have to keep them the press away from say vips like visiting dignitaries like is that your job or are you just kind of escorting from point a to b yes um there are family and there are some VIPs and they mm-hmm. are in a different area. Uh, although there are some common points where everyone is mingling sure. together, mm-hmm. but um, no spectators. Now I'm working at the triathlon area. It's mm-hmm. an outdoor venue. And so we're confined in this mm-hmm area but then the athletes of course are traveling outside the venue when they're cycling mm-hmm. and running mm-hmm. and there are spectators there of course so like uh, on the sides people, of the sure yes on, on the course that's right okay yes, and you... they are not allowed mm-hmm. inside the venue oh, okay so you don't have to really play a like guard of any kind you no just... not oh, at okay. all yeah. Oh my gosh. So uh, I'm did you, Colin, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, we, uh, from the training that you received up until, you know, March of 2020, when everything was paused yes. and all that, did, do you feel like your job is the same that you were trained for up until COVID hit? Or has there been significant changes in your job description from what you were starting to get trained with to what it ended up being? Same. Yeah. That was the question I was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you know, the excitement of meeting with all the other volunteers, that training disappeared. So everything Mm -hmm. moved online and all of our training from, yeah, around March of 2020 moved to online. So yeah, the enthusiasm was maybe a little bit less, you know, to go on and do your training online. Um, One good aspect, though, was uh, before the actual events took place, we had two days of training at the venue with our team. So we had a kind of, uh, you know, good chance to meet with the people that we were going to be working with and our boss and see the venue actually see where we are going to be working and so forth do you get to just because i know that um part of what's so cool about the olympics is seeing the the mosaic and the overlay of all the different countries coming together and yeah and every country is branded and and Um, I remember growing up thinking, this is so cool. And they used to do for the opening ceremonies. I don't know if either of you remember, they used to talk about the designer who designed the (laughs) Americans like 
Yes. 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 And, and I remember, <laughs> I believe when it, when it was in Aspen, it was Ralph Lauren that designed oh, oh. the winter. It was really cool. So that said, are you branded like as, do you have an American flag on or is, is the crew, like, do they keep that distinction going? Cause I think that's that'd be cool. Do they do that? That would be cool, but no, we're all ah. wearing, <laughs> we're all wearing our volunteer outfits, uh, which are this blue color. I've got my mask here. Nice. That I was given. Right. Oh, Tokyo. Awesome. Does it say 2020 on it? It says 2020. Yes. Everything, huh? all the Brit. They decided to keep the 2020 because of all of the branding. The branding yeah, had already been done. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you talked about this being a bucket list topic or a bucket list event for you to be a part of in some way. What about the Olympics drew you to it? Was there a specific sports that you liked? Were you like me and just like, I don't care what it is. It's the Olympics. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they could have put me with, I don't know, the most minor sport there is. I don't know what that would be, but I would have been just as thrilled. And oh, I so like, exciting. personally, I like uh, running, cycling and swimming. So I found mm-hmm. it incredible that I was put with the triathlon. So it's been, I've never done triathlon myself, but I have so much respect for these athletes and just getting to see them, you know, walk around and just their, you know, just looking at them as they prepare to participate. And then after, you know, it's finished and getting to see them has been just the thrill of my life. That's And did you get to, I'm sorry, Colin, go ahead. Yeah. Do you get to cheer? Yes, I do. I don't know if I get to, but I do. I mean, That's I'm. I, there awesome. are no spectators, but I'm clapping for every single athlete. Oh, that's good. I, I think I'm I would the be lone too. clapper. You know, I kind of want my other team, the other people in my team, to clap, but nobody's clapping. So just no, you you keep clapping. Yeah, keep clapping. Do it. That I is awesome. I would. I'd be great. Oh my gosh, I'd be thrilled. Do you get to? meet the athletes i know that no 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 so yeah we don't either that's like the big thing i think that people when they ask us the big questions about what is it like to work events and don't get us wrong we love it and yeah being a part of making a show go off is is addictive but the like one of the biggest misunderstanding you don't get to meet the talent yeah we don't and we don't have any access to backstage we can't do you any favors you know like yeah things like that so can't get you an autograph <laughs> yeah we can't there's a, so, yeah there's the barrier i mean not a physical barrier there's a kind of understood yeah you sure. know barrier that we can't cross huge yeah. professional barrier yeah i mean i definitely uh i've definitely experienced that for a long time i know so as kristen is it's one of those things where even, you know, we can train it till we're blue in the face, but there's always that one person that will cross that line. Have you, uh, have you experienced any <laughs> event workers getting any kind of getting themselves in any kind of like, how oh, you don't say anything specific, but just anything like, yeah. yeah. Somebody like, uh, yeah, I saw this person run up to so-and-so and try to get an autograph. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> that's that's not sure. Yeah. That's so, I mean, I, I mean, we, I've seen that. I've experienced that on the NFL football field. Yeah, that's a fireable offense, actually. We had, we had a we 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 had a we had an employee try to get a very 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 prominent NFL player's autograph Ugh. on the field at the end of the game, and that was not fun. So, it's um, not well, um, 
I haven't, you know, at my, at the venue where I'm stationed, um, like I had said before, most of the people that I'm working with are Japanese. And uh, I would say that that's one of the characteristics. They understand that. Sure. It is forbidden to, you know, approach them. So I think we're all starstruck. You know, we all have that (laughs) feeling of, wow, this is great. But yeah, there's no... No attempt to get autographs or selfies with. Well, that's them. that's excellent. <laughs> I, like, I like to hear that because it really does ruin the event for them. You know, yeah. like for the talent. I was working sure. backstage at a rock concert, and it was me and one other guy. And I, I'd never met this guy. A lot of times, you work events and you've never met the people, the other people you're working with. And he kept asking. All of the, um, and we were, we were in a hot spot where the talent crossed in front of us and he kept asking all of them for like guitar picks and autographs and pictures. And I was like, that's not allowed. That's not allowed. And, um, it ended up being a really great night for me. And I just, but one of the, um, the bass player for, it was Joan Jett's bass player, actually. He was visibly uncomfortable. So I know he wasn't, uh, that's not, yeah. His job is not, you know, his yeah. safe space is backstage. You know, he doesn't have to, I don't know. I was really disappointed in that event. <laughs> I, I, well, um, the, go ahead. Sorry. Didn't mean to cut you uh, sorry. I was just going to say one of the, you know, one of my jobs was to uh, stop all photographers from crossing over to the finish line. So once the race started, they were at mm-hmm. this one place and then here's the blue carpet where they're, they're running and biking. Mm-hmm. The photographers were absolutely not to cross that point. And the, my one job was to say, you know, no crossing. <laughs> of course I wasn't, I wasn't physically, you know, putting my sure. hands out, but mentally I was there. Oh, of and course. I don't know. My attention was caught somewhere else and suddenly out of the corner of my eye this guy in the brown vest a photographer (sighs) sneaks across and I mean he's halfway across and I say something and it's just too late and I felt terrible I mean that was my one job and I I didn't do well and so I was crushed I apologized to my boss later and he was so nice about it. He's, he's like, well, you know, I understand they're, you know, photographers are, they want the best shot and they want it when they can get it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, don't worry about it. So I I was lucky that he was cool. Yeah. It it happens to, it happens to everybody. And it happens to the very best event workers. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're a human being with two eyeballs. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, and, (laughs) And it's like herding cats, right? It's, it's like, ah, <laughs> ah, yeah, we've all been there. Oh my gosh. How exciting. So tell us a little bit about how you came from Tulsa, Oklahoma okay. to Japan. Okay. Uh, when I was in college, I went to Baylor in Waco, Texas, and mm-hmm. Baylor has an exchange program with a university in Japan. And, um, I wasn't taking Japanese. I was actually taking French at the time and had (laughs) wanted to travel abroad 
to France and it didn't work out. And when I heard about the school in Japan, I thought, well, that's completely different. I have no idea about Japan. I don't know one word of Japanese, uh, but I'll try it. Why not? And I applied and failed. <laughs> and they suggested if you take some Japanese, maybe you'll get a, a better shot at it. So the next semester I enrolled in Japanese 101 and loved it. I loved my teacher. I thought it was just fascinating learning a language from, you know, ground mm -hmm. zero. And okay. I applied the next year and was able to go and went to Japan, stayed, uh, went to school there for two semesters. And I met my future husband nice. on that exchange program. He and I were at the same university. And uh, we had been warned one of the first weeks that we were there, <laughs> one of you in this group of, I think there were 13 of us, will, will meet and marry a Japanese person and my roommate and I looked at each other like it's not going to be us and we're the <laughs> two that ended up married to Japanese men so oh she did too uh, she did too ah, that's great that's awesome yeah so okay uh, yeah How, what were you that's studying it. that took you to Japan um just general um like Asian studies oh it was time. just a general opportunity oh that's great yeah yeah, and then I ended up graduating with uh, uh, BBA in business okay. marketing, and I don't I don't use that. I am an English teacher. My husband and I have our own private English school, nice. and um, we've been doing that now for about fifteen years. Wow. They're in Japan. Wow. Yes. And do you get a chance to come back to the States frequently or not very frequently? Well, not recently, but yeah. <laughs> right. before, yeah, before Corona, definitely. I was, uh, I come back and visit Tulsa and I also come back and visit Dallas where my father oh. lives. Nice. Oh, that's wonderful. And, and how functional are you in Japanese? Um, I'm socially functional, um, okay. but I don't know if I could hold a business level job. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And your husband is equal or fluent in English? He's fluent. Of course. Uh, yeah. You know, I was, <laughs> I'm so impressed by, by bilingual multilingual people. I'm just, it's something that my brother picks up languages very quickly. It's just, it's a talent I wish I had, but I studied sign language, so okay. that's still kind of English adjacent. So I didn't have to work very hard <laughs> for yeah, the I'm language never... that I can that I can function in. That isn't English. Well, that's but... very impressive to know. Oh, it's language. it's a wonder. I've had some wonderful experiences because of it, but I've always wanted to go to Japan, and the whole reason <laughs> that I haven't is that there's zero <laughs> zero language functioning yeah, it's, not like a, it's not like a latin-based language or anything like that. nope i i <laughs> am ashamed to say i think i maybe know two japanese words and that's because of the band, <laughs> that's because of the band sticks don't worry. that is correct <laughs> <laughs> i can guess what those two words are and, and you know it's so bad because any real sticks fan hates that song because that album tore the band apart so <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so funny. Go ahead, Colin. I was going to say, so in addition to the Olympics being a bucket list uh, item for you, uh, what other events are your favorites? Like what, what's been some of the, you know, concerts, sporting events, theatrical performances, even like a comic con type of a thing. Like what are some events that you find um, to be your favorites? Well, definitely concerts um, and any kind of sporting events. I mean, I still have a bucket list of sporting events that I'd like to attend. Uh, As soon as the pandemic is over and we're able to travel, I'd love to attend, you know, both of those type events. Well, you are from Tulsa, so I don't want to stereotype you as a football fan, but I'd assume. I don't know. Are you, do you like football? (laughs) Yes, I do. I do. Yes. That's awesome. So you being from Tulsa, are you an, uh, an Oklahoma Sooner fan or are you an Oklahoma State Cowboy fan? Sooner. Sooner. <laughs> Go so, bo- so boomer sooner then, huh? That's right. <laughs> well, as you know, Jeff and I, uh, your cousin Jeff and I attended the college with the record worst football team in the country. So <laughs> we can't talk. We can't talk football very seriously. Yeah. Unless it's well, when soccer. It, when it comes to sports, um, the really the only professional sporting events that I've ever attended live were um, back in the mid-90s. I went to several Dallas Mavericks games, okay. basketball. And yeah. I mean, they were, that was so much fun. I just yeah, loved basketball's the a lot energy. Of fun. Yeah, and uh, we also attended a few hockey games. Now uh, you're talking to Colin's I, heart. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. What is the Dallas hockey stars. team? The, the stars. stars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say that was not. It, it's just brutal. I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get into that as much as the basketball. I will tell you yeah. that the game of hockey has changed a lot in many ways since the mid '90s. They uh. They, they they affectionately call that the dead puck era because there was so much clutching and grabbing and basically tackling okay. and fighting through all. They've, they've changed the, the officiating and the rules a bit to allow for it to be more open and and uh, fluid so that way it can increase scoring and the plays more fluid and going back and forth and easier to, to kind of like fall in love with and, and see the speed of the game um, since when you saw it. So give it another shot. Interesting. Yeah, well, I'd love to. You know, I've, I've never been a hockey fan and I I've talked about this on our podcast. Um, and then I worked a whole season for the avalanche, which is Denver's hockey team and Colorado's hockey team. And now, even though I still don't understand hockey, nothing. And I've had (laughs) super fans like Colin try to explain it to me, like literally sit down and draw it. And I still don't get it, but (laughs) man, I have a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun at the games. So the way that I talk about it is I watch inspirational hockey movies like Miracle and I enjoy, I enjoy the live experience and then that's it. I don't, (laughs) but it's a lot of fun. Hockey's a lot of fun. So now that you've gotten a taste of working events, do you think you'll try to work other types of events or are you going to kind of wait until, you know, are you just an Olympic person? (laughs) Well, um, Yeah, sure. I'd like to, uh, you know, Japan often hosts uh, World Cup type events and I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, trying to uh, 
work some of those in the future. Sure. I mean, it's been a great experience. So, so the yeah, winter, the, I was going to say the winter games are in six months in Beijing and right. you know, in the, in the whole, in the world, that's actually not that far apart geographically. So right. have they, sure. have they tried to do any kind of like cross recruiting or anything since it's you know, all the IOC and they're like, <laughs> oh. uh, you guys are already, you're already vetted. In China. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. I mean, like I said, the application process started, yeah, two years you ago, know, in 2018. So I imagine they already have all of that set. That makes sense. That definitely I'd imagine. Sense. And I wonder if it's different because of the types of governments, if it's harder, maybe. To work in China? Not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know how much is governed by the IOC and how much is handled by each individual country. They may be working together. I'm sure the IOC has specific timelines and Mm -hmm. procedures. Are you going to get to work the closing ceremonies at all? Is there a... I mean, our... My job is specific to the venue. Once Um. the... Once the sporting events for my venue have finished, that's it. We're done. Oh, you're we done. So they don't for you to. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're no, not going to transfer no to other venues. No. Okay. Did, what kind of vetting did you have to go through? No vetting that I know of, just the oh. application. Oh, wow. Okay. And as long as I continued, um, I think they called it a continuation of the journey. Uh, or cancellation of the journey. As long as I didn't click on the cancellation, then it just continued. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Well, I'm, I'm actually like I'm getting just so more blown more away. up to try to be a volunteer at the Olympics. In the yeah, future. I know. <laughs> I was just like, I was kind of Googling. I was like, next time Olympics are in the U.S., do we know? 2028 Summer Games, I know that. Isn't it there. Los Angeles? Yeah, 2028. Yeah, I will be there. That's right. Paris in 2024. Beijing is the winter games in six months in February. Right. Um, and then I don't know where the winter games are in 26, but I can probably Google it in my. <laughs> Google it right now. I'll tell you right now. Winter games. Go ahead. For anyone who is wanting to volunteer for uh, the Olympics in 2028 in the US, I would mm-hmm. suggest around. Uh, you know, 2026, going to the, uh, you know, finding, Googling the website for the LA Games and search for the volunteer application and just find out when the deadline for that is. And then. And maybe get on that sooner than later, considering you started two years ahead. Right. I would say by 2026, they'll probably have something. Yeah, uh, a timeline or something that you can check in and see when the application would be. I think due. that's fantastic. The 2026 Olympics, by the way, will be in Italy. Oh, that's right. I knew that. Yeah, that's right. I knew that. I just uh, that winter. Yeah. The winter. Yeah. I just Googled. That's how fast we are. Um, that is, <laughs> uh, that. do you have any idea how many event workers in total are working the Olympics paid, volunteered? Do you have any idea? Oh, paid. I'm not sure about paid, but I heard that there are 80,000 volunteers. Uh, 80,000? 80, 80, 
Uh, Holy cow. And that's just the volunteers. Right. That is, gonna, that's like 4,000 more people than can fit in a football stadium. But I know that since they disallowed spectators, mm-hmm. many of those volunteers kind of lost their position, their yeah. role. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, they don't need ticket takers anymore, things like that. Right. So mm. uh, a lot of them have requested uh, sure. position change changes, yeah. and they've been able to accommodate some of that, I believe, but not necessarily for everyone. Do you get any sort of cool fringe benefit, like discounts on merchandise or any free merchandise or like swag, is what we call that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'll i show you ah. a few things. So as volunteers, uh, you have to check in every day. And when you check in the fourth day, they mm-hmm. give you a pin. I got uh, this oh, is a, nice. That's a you know a lot of people collect pins yes. at the Olympics, right? Oh, and this it's a one big is deal. The bronze one, and then on my fifth day, I got the silver one, oh. and then I, on my sixth sixth day, I got like a raffle ticket, and then I was given this other pen. So I have two more events. So I'm. It's actually kind of exciting. I'm really, uh, yeah, I'm wanting the gold one. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Every just day, like, they give us these uh, cool wipes, like, mm-hmm. you know, to cool down. Oh, and sure. Of course, we're given our uniforms mm-hmm. uh, three shirts, two pants, a hat, two masks, and a rain jacket, and shoes and socks. So I think we get to keep them. I don't think we have to give those back. I hope we don't. (laughs) I don't see why you would have to. I mean, there's never going to be a Tokyo 2020. Right. I mean, everything's (laughs) branded. Right. Yeah. So Uh I have those things to keep and this Uh, like a water bottle. Sure. That's awesome. Uh, That's, that's, I'm just, I, I, I'm without words. It's just so cool. It's so yeah. great. Oh, and one other thing that they have given us, of course, we're not paid, but uh, because Tokyo is a spread out city, many of us have to travel in order to arrive at our posts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like it takes me one hour to get to my post. When oh, I'm wow. Working. Yeah, wow. I have to take multiple trains. So I was like, anyway, you get there by train, are, I assume. Yeah. Yes. And we're given the equivalent of about $10 a day on a Visa card that they've mm-hmm. given us. And we can use that anywhere, like a convenience store or a restaurant, or we can, you know, buy our train tickets with it if we want. So it actually works out the train fare is actually more, mm-hmm. you know, going and coming the round trip, okay. but it's nice to have a little bit of, you know, cash back. Oh, that's so, and it's, did your husband do the same thing? Did he volunteer or is this just a thing you wanted no, to do? Yeah, he, yeah, he didn't. I think he may regret <laughs> he sees how much fun I'm having. And Aww. yeah. And yeah. we did, we have not talked about 
the importance of event volunteers in any of our episodes. And so I'm so, so glad we're talking to you because it's, it's, it's critical. Like, and that's like the mother of all volunteer events as they, because it's, you said there's 80,000 that were slated and that's a, that's a huge number, but also at the same time, and you, if you think about it with all the different events and the venues, all the different tasks and everything that, that uh, need to be done just to perform one of those events, let alone, I mean, I, I don't know what the final number was. I saw it once, but it's an, it's an, it's an astronomical amount up to and including the, the award ceremonies of opening and closing ceremonies. Right. You know, right. and to be a part of that, I'm so envious of you and, and <laughs> yeah, uh, so exciting. So like we, we kind of, we talked about this in, in, in several of our episodes and, we haven't really talked about it with any guests yet. Well, kind of with our super fans we did, but like, have you had, a, have you been a part of a moment at an event yet that just like you, you stopped for a second and we're like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm at the Olympics. And I just saw something like maybe gave you chills or saw something that you really like, uh, had that like moment change your life. Like, that changed your life. Moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I've had, a, I've had a few actually. Um, the women's triathlon was amazing i was stationed at the finish line and i was supposed to be you know helping with the photographers but there came a point where my job my role was pretty much done and i could just enjoy the moment without worrying about you know my job and the women were uh you know at after the finishers crossed the finish line. Some of them collapsed uh, from exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And the winner, the winners, the gold and the silver medalists helped them up. And oh, wow. there was real camaraderie. There was some hugging. And it was just a really great thing to see. I was You were very clapping impressed. because you are the clapper. Right, I was, I was clapping and I was <laughs> so smiling. So proud. And That's amazing. The, the second one was uh, America won the silver medal in the mixed relay triathlon. That was the first. This has this Olympics was the first time for that particular event, and it was really great to see the Americans win that. Uh, the team, uh, two men and two women. That's great. And uh, of course, when they stood for the medal ceremony, it was co- kind of a distance from me, but I could, I could see it, and that was very moving. I, oh, I couldn't. I that's couldn't even so imagine. Great. I want to see a Ugh. medal ceremony in person so bad. I mean, so do yes. I. I cried. The, the closest I've come to that is uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. There's a there's a race here in Colorado every. Uh, Memorial Day called the Boulder Boulder, and it's the third largest um, uh, street, you know, foot race that they have, running race, nice. and uh, the country behind the the Boston and New York marathons. It's not a marathon; it's only a ten k. But they bring in they bring there's in like all 50, those people those people. Well, there's fifty thousand civil, civilians that run the race first, mm-hmm. and they fill up the stadium in Boulder. Wow. The stadium in Boulder, and then mm-hmm. um, they have a bunch of uh, like Memorial Day uh, type activities where they have. They have like parachute, uh, you know, they have, they have a parachute display. They have 
a flyover from some, uh, you know, usually F-16s or something like that. We've got a stealth bomber. But then they have the Olympic caliber athletes, like the best cross-country runners in the world come and they run this 10K. And they literally run 10K in like 15 minutes, it seems. It's very, very fast. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's mind-boggling. Like, they just started. In the right, game. right. And, uh, but to get to watch that, that's the closest I've come to seeing like an Olympic style type of an event and um, and whatnot. I mean, I know we, we, we've had the, the bicycle events here too. And uh, we've had uh, a couple other things, you know, like, I mean, I've been a part of like Golden Gloves boxing and of course all the hockey and all that stuff, but nothing that is the caliber of the Olympics and that. I mean, uh, just everything you've said, I've just been inspired. I hope you'll volunteer. I think, you know, it's if for anybody listening that is interested in getting involved, this is definitely doable. I mean, it does take some, you know, effort and expense on your own part because it's not paid. Sure. But mm-hmm. um, if you can... If you're interested in doing the Los Angeles Games, uh, Olympic Games, you know, get a group of people together and rent uh, an apartment for how how long is your commitment? Is it is how long is your commitment? Like if they say yes, you are committed for this. How long? Because that's a really good point. I didn't even think about. Oh, I can't volunteer. I don't live in LA, but right, my mother-in-law does. I could stay with her, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think when I applied, you can say the dates that you are available to work. And I think I, I did, uh, the Olympics is about 14, 14 days, 16 Mm -hmm. days. And I think I, I committed to working two of those weeks. And then when I got my schedule, uh, I was initially working 10 days spread out through those two weeks and we could say we could come back and say i'm sorry i i can't work this day mm-hmm. so there's some adjustment that you can do you there they were very accommodating and willing to work with you on dates that's fantastic oh that's yeah. i'm inspired that's yeah. it con let's get a whole big we're gonna do it that'll be the summer it'll be the summer before <laughs> i turn 50 we're gonna do it we're gonna do it so. oh my gosh that's so exciting Exciting. Uh, uh, Jennifer, I can't thank you enough for talking to us. I mean, it was just such a when so to give everybody kind of backstory, <clears throat> Jeff posted, I guess he's really proud of you too. He posted a picture <laughs> of you. Shout out to Jeff. And said, My cousin's working in the Olympics. And I commented on that picture and said, You must introduce us. And then he did. I begged him. I begged him. <laughs> I'm not even gonna, I mean, I'll just put it right here on the podcast. And then he started the Facebook conversation with us and you didn't have to do it. And I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful Extremely. that, you and I, so I, I know that when I told the team and I told Colin, um, there are, um, how many of us are there? Six on our team. Yeah. Yes. Um, when I told the team, they were really excited. And then Colin and I had a conversation about it last night. And, and what's funny is we were talking at the concert that we worked last night, we were talking about, how excited we were to talk to you and a different event worker overheard the conversation and just dropped the fact that he worked. What event did he work in Korea? The uh, president's cup, the president's cup in Korea. So I was like, Oh, 
that's what we should do. It's just all these international event workers yes, yes. that we happen to know. <laughs> like, it's so cool. So it's so inspiring. I'm just thrilled that we had this conversation. Me too. Extremely. You're yes. very welcome. I oh my gosh, it. so excited. And now I'm going to go back and I'm going to rewatch all the events that you worked and I'm going to see if I can see you. <laughs> yep. Well, I've got um we've I've got two more marathon swimming uh this Wednesday and Thursday. Nice. Okay. Marathon swimming? Oh. Wow. Yes. There will be swimming. I'm tired just hearing the name of that event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long is that? How, is that actually 26.2 miles in the water? Um wow, you caught me. I'm not quite <laughs> sure. I think I think it's 20 kilometers. Whoa. I would drown. I would drown. <laughs> I would drown. I mean, I can swim and I love the water, but I would drown. Same. Same. <laughs> All right. Well, oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Uh, we will sign off because I know we are 15 hours apart. So we'll sign off now. And um, oh, thank you, Colin. Any last second minute things for you? Uh, Jennifer, I can't tell you how appreciative I am of your time today and for uh, for being there and being a volunteer and making the Olympics that I love so dear, being a part of that to make that happen. So thank you. We, we got to touch it a little bit today in ways that we don't yeah. get to. So thank it's, you. Thank you so much for your time and everything. It's been a wonderful talk. Welcome back. Call Time for Events is proud to be sponsored in part by Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, Colorado's best card shop. For all of your collecting needs, from sports cards to Pokemon and beyond, head to Mike's. Located on the northeast corner of Parker and Quincy in Aurora, Colorado, but is also available on most social media platforms at Mike's Stadium Sports Cards. Mike is also a member of the event workers community, and we graciously thank him for his support. Yeah. yeah. Do you think he has Olympic trading cards? Ooh. Uh I think there has been some from time to time over the years, but I don't know I don't know what their popularity is. We'd have to ask him when we get him on. Well, I wanna go. Let's let's record our show from there. Can we do I that? think that'd be great. That'd I'm be inviting cool. myself to Mike's stadium scorecard. I think that'd be great. Because speaking of like future episodes, we've got a lot of really big things in store for you. And uh, we've got more interviews that we're lining up that are going to be uh, maybe some ones that will get you to furrow your brow in a way that's like, how did that happen? <laughs> um, but for episode 10, we're going to, we've been talking about episode 10 about uh, for the last three or four episodes. And we're going to be talking about inspiration, inspirational moments, things that inspire us, mm-hmm. what keeps us going, what really, you know, revs our engines. Yeah. And those moments that they're not about celebrities, they're about, they're about patrons and our interaction with those patrons that will likely stay with us forever. And your interactions with your fellow event workers, like that Mm -hmm. sense of camaraderie and teamwork that you just really can't get anywhere else. Um, True. We've got some some tear jerking stories coming your way. And when you, when you get done with an event and you look around and you're like, nobody died. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yep that's how it goes sometimes, sometimes yeah. that's how it goes. 
Awesome. I cannot wait to, uh, to spend that time with you guys and to talk about those inspirational stories. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear them as well. That's right. And if you are just listening and I'm really wonderfully, wonderfully surprised to find out that we have listeners that are not in the event community. They don't work events. They just like listening to our stories. And that really touches my heart. But if you are one of those people and you want to get involved and you want to start working events, please reach out to us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at call time for events. We can be messaged personally um, and we will help you. We are thrilled beyond measure to help you get involved and get the job if you would like it. Yes. Absolutely. Join us. (laughs) Yeah. Join us and please get onto that social media and tell us about your favorite Olympic moments and your, your firsts. And we're going to, we're going to be asking you a lot, but we want to hear from you guys too as well. Yes, indeed. Uh, And that is, that is all I have to say about that. Yes. All right, guys, we'll see you next time for the big one. Oh, all right, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.